Good evening, listeners. Welcome to the Nightly Crowd Catcher with Corey Bank. This is episode 42. I'm excited to be here with you all tonight. I am your host, and you're listening to WQEE 99.1 FM, the key at Newton, Georgia. I hope everyone's having a great night. It's now time to enter the late night madness. The first thing that we're going to talk about in the world of the MLB in our first story is a game between the Baltimore Orioles versus the Los Angeles Angels. Jordan Westbrook brought home the go-ahead run on a ground out in the 10th inning, and the Baltimore Orioles beat the Los Angeles Angels 5-4 on Tuesday night. For their fourth straight victory, Ryan O'Hearn and Ryan Mountcastle each had RBI singles in the ninth inning to give the AL leading Orioles a brief lead, while Adley Rushman also drove in a run. I honestly think we don't look too far ahead. Orioles manager Brandon Hyde said after the team stayed three and a half games ahead of the Tampa Bay Rays in the American League East, we're really staying in the moment. There are not a lot of guys in there with playoff experience, but they're getting a great taste of what September baseball is like. Mickey Monick tied it for the Angels at four in the ninth inning with a two-out RBI single. Jose Soriano went 0 for 2 and took the loss. Right-hander Dean Kramer last adjusted for just four and two-thirds innings despite not allowing a run, leaving with the bases loaded in the fifth. Right-hander Joey Crackbull got one out in the ninth for the victory, and Shintario Fujinami worked the tenth for his second save. Baltimore improved to 87-51 with its sixth consecutive series victory. The Orioles are two victories away from matching the regular season win total of 2016 club, which was the last Baltimore team to make the playoffs when advanced to the AL wildcard game. We care a lot and we want to win. We want to win the division. We want to continue to just win every game we get a chance to play, O'Haran said when asked about the team's resiliency. Obviously, we love each other. We play for each other. We trust each other. But the Angels played without designated hitter Shohei Otani for the second consecutive game because of an oblique tightness that manager Phil Nevin called a tiny bit of inflammation. Otani also has a ligament tear in his right elbow that will prevent him from pitching again this season. He told the club he could pitch, pinch hit late in Tuesday's game, but was not used. I felt he needed another day, Nevin said. We'll see how he is tomorrow when he comes in. We'll have a conversation, but I think we dodged a bullet there as far as injury goes. It's something that is more likely a day-to-day thing. But the Angels also were without their all-star slugger, Mike Trout, who has played just one game since July 4th because of a broken bone in his hand. They struggled to find early offense, ultimately losing three-fifths consecutive game and falling for the eighth time in their nine games. The Orioles took a 2-0 lead in the third inning against Angels left-hander Reed Detmers, Jorge Mateo singled with one out and stole second base. Rushman singled to left to score Mateo and advanced to second on the throw home. Mountcastle followed with a single with Rushman scoring on an error by left fielder Randall Grichuk. The Angels finally broke through in the seventh inning when rookie Nolan Schnall singled 
with one out and scored on a double to left center by Brandon Drury. Mike Moustakas added a two-out RBI single to tie it at two. Chanel went two for four and has reached base in all 14 games. He has played since making his Major League debut August 18th. But the Orioles had a chance to take the lead in the eighth inning after Anthony Santers' leadoff double. But Austin Hayes and Gunnar Henderson struck out while Westberg grounded out against left-hander Aaron Loop. The Angels went up 3-2 in the eighth inning on an RBI single from rookie Trey Cabbage before the Orioles answered in the ninth. Adam Frazier doubled on a bloop down the left field line and on Hearn brought him home with a single. So Carlos Estevez got into the action with this, but after Rutschman walked, Mountcastle ripped a go-ahead single to right center for a 4-3 advantage. Now we're on to our training rooms report. As for the Orioles, left-hander John Means is expected to make a rehab start at AAA Norfolk on Wednesday. Means, who has been out most of the season with a UCL tear, is 1-1 with a 3.24 ERA in five rehab starts at AAA and AA. But in this barn burner of a game, it was the Baltimore Orioles, who you guessed it folks, took the Los Angeles Angels to the bank by the score. A 5-4. Now we're on to our next game of our NLB News Recap we go. We've got the Boston Red Sox versus the Tampa Bay Rays. Brandon Loeb hit a three-run homer in the bottom of the 11th inning. And the Tampa Bay Rays beat the Boston Red Sox 8-6. Loeb won, won it with his 18th homer of Kenley Jansen, who had his streak of converting 20 consecutive chances end. Erasmo Ramirez got the win. Every walk-off is going to feel nice, Lowe said. Every walk-off homer is going to feel even better. But Luis Arias hit an RBI single in the 11th inning to give Boston a 6-5 lead, a flare to right that went off the glove of Lowe at second base. It's September, you know, Lowe said. Any win that we can grab at this moment, we're going to take it. We understand we need to be better in every facet, so understand it. Take it in. But the Rays loaded the bases in the 10th with one out against John Schreiber, but failed to score when Josh Lowe was thrown out by right fielder Adam Duvall, trying to score from third on Christian Betancourt's fly. But Boston started the day four and a half games out of the final AL wildcard spot. The Rays hold the top of the AL wildcard spot, indeed. It is what it is. We just have to keep playing hard, keep going said Boston manager Alex Cora. Tampa Bay's Zach Elfin failed to become the AL's first 14-game winner despite departing with a two-run lead. He gave up three runs and five hits over five-plus innings. Justin Turner had an RBI infield single in the sixth and drove in another run on a base hit in a two-run seventh as Boston rallied to tie it at five. Tristan Casas got Boston even and extended his career-high hitting streak to 12 games with his 177-foot pop-up single down the left field line. Turner set a career-high with 91 RBIs. Rene Pinto hit a two-run homer off Cutter Crawford during a three-run second as the Rays took a 3-0 lead. The Rays went ahead 5-2 in the fourth and Crawford allowed five runs 
three hits, and four walks over his 30 and two-third innings and a season-high 96-pitch outing. The right-hander was coming off a loss against the Houston Astros last Wednesday in which he gave up six runs in two and two-thirds innings. Boston lowered the bases with no outs after Turner's sixth inning. Run scoring hit, but failed to score again. We didn't cash in there, Cora said. We had the lead at one point, just one of those games. It's tough, but we're going to show up tomorrow. Emmanuel Valdez cut the Red Sox deficit to 3-2 to two on a third inning. Two-run homer. Cedence Ravala had three hits for the Red Sox. But in the end of the day, we're going to go on to our training room report. As for the Red Sox, outfielder Alex Verdrugo had a left hamstring injury, missed his second straight game, and will likely sit out. Right-hand pitcher Corey Clubber had a right shoulder injury through 32 pitches over two innings of live BP and will pitch in a minor league game Friday night. As for the Rays, shortstop Taylor Walls had a groin injury, sat out for the second consecutive game, but could be back in a couple games. In this game, it was the Tampa Bay Rays who took the Boston Red Sox to, you guessed it folks, to the bank by the score of 8-6. to six. Now we're into our last game of the MLB News Recap we owe. This game is between the St. Louis Cardinals versus the Atlanta Braves. Michael Sorokas, third promotion to Atlanta this season and his comeback from his two Achilles tendon injuries has led to more health concerns for the right-hander. Tyler O'Neill and Nolan Gorman hit two run homers to spoil Sorokas' return to Atlanta and the St. Louis Cardinals held on to beat the Braves 10-6. Braves manager Brian Snicker said Soroka is headed to the injury list after experiencing numbers and his numbness in his fingers. But Soroka, who was recalled from AAA Gannett for the start, lasted only three innings and allowed five runs on four hits, including the two homers. Snicker said he asked Soroka about the numbness, and the right-hander said, he really didn't feel anything. And added Snicker, I think it's probably a big deal. But Soroka, who was an all-star back in 2019 and Atlanta's opening day starter in 2020, has spent most of this season in the minors as he tries to make a comeback from Achilles' 10 injuries in 2020 and in 2021. Though he issued only one walk as an abbreviated start, Soroka's control issues were a problem. Overall, he just needed to command the strike zone a lot better. But Soroka, who was being evaluated after the game, wasn't available for comment. And O'Neill's homer to left field drove in Jordan Walker in the second inning. Gorman added a 426-foot blast off of Soroka in the third and a ninth-inning homer, his 26 off Michael Tonic. The Major League leading Braves coming off an 8-2 road trip that included three wins and four games against the Los Angeles Dodgers couldn't keep pace with the Cardinals, who are last in the National League Central. St. Louis led 9-1. Braves cut the deficit to 9-6 before Gorman's second homer. Walker, born in the nearby Stone Mountain area, greeted Soroka's replacement, Colin McHugh, with a homer to center field to open the fourth. Walker drove in two runs with three hits. O'Neill also had three hits. And Atlanta's Ozzie Albias hit a first-inning homer of Miles 
Mikolas, who also gave up back-to-back sixth inning blasts to Austin Riley and Matt Olson. The three solo homers were the only runs allowed by Mikolas. You don't want to give up a couple of these, but if you can keep guys off the bases when you can for those big swings, that's all that matters. Marcel Azuna added another solo shot of Giovanni Galagios in the eighth. Pinch hitter Orlando Arcia added a run-scoring double of Galaglios in the eighth. Each team hit four homers. It matched the most allowed by Braves pitchers this season. The Braves, who swept three games in the St. Louis April 3rd to 5th series, need one win over the Cardinals this week to win their fifth straight season series between the teams. But there was defensive doubling of the help at the helm. And Tommy Edmonds' diving catch off Nicky Lopez's sinking liner ended Atlanta's second following singles by Eddie Rosario and Michael Harris the second. Edmond opened the inning with a leaping catch off Marcel Zuna's drive at the wall in the center field. I've been telling the guys all year, you give me 10 runs and a goal of glove the defense, I'm not going to lose, Mikola said with a smile. But Harris made a leaping catch at the wall in center field to take a possible homer away from Lars Nupar in the fifth. Now we're on to our training rooms report. As for the Cardinals, left-handed pitcher Matthew Libatori had a lower back injury and was activated from the 15-day injured list after missing two weeks. Libatori will pitch out of the bullpen after left-handed pitcher Jojo Romero. Left knee injury was placed on the 15-day injured list. Retroactive to September 2nd, infielder Jose Furman was recalled from AAA Memphis and infielder Taylor Motter was designated for assignment. As for the Braves, infielder Ahir Adrenazana had a right elbow inflammation, began a rehab assignment with Class A Rome. So, right-handed pitcher Ben Heller was optioned to go to AAA Gwinnett. In this game, between the St. Louis Cardinals and the Atlanta Braves, it was the St. Louis Cardinals who took the Atlanta Braves to the bank by the score of 10-6. We'll be right back, folks, with NBA offseason news. You don't want to miss it. Active Pest Control offers the best services and prices to protect your home, offering both monthly and quarterly pest control services, plus specific services like bed bugs, German roach, and flea control. Even if you can't see them, insects are all around you 24-7. Active Pest Control wants to be the first line of defense. Active Pest Control. Repair. Bond. Best termite coverage around. Active Pest Control, 34 Jefferson Street, Newton, 770-954-9941. Want to give back to your community in a meaningful way? Cares for Kids is a Keller Williams Realty-founded charity in which 100% of money raised goes directly to children in need in our area. Cares for Kids helps fund local organizations like Angel's House, Coweta Casa, Elevate, and more. Help Cares for Kids reach their mission of serving 1 million children. Call 678-634-9770 today to learn more on how to be involved or text k for k Noonan to 44321 to donate.
This week's property of the week is located at 688 Cheatham Road in Griffin, Georgia. This 32.14 acre tract is waiting to find its new owner. This property features a three bed, two bath home built in 1890. An 18 by 28 utility shed ran with its own power and water, fencing for horses and other livestock, and timber such as pine, oak, and pecan trees. Call 678-634-9770 for more information. Welcome back. You're listening to the Nightly Crowd Catcher with Corey Bank on WQEE 99.1, the Kiana Dune in Georgia. And now we're on to our NBA offseason news segment. And our first story is about the Team USA having a bounce back game in the FIBA World Cup. So if there can be such a thing as an ideal loss, Team USA might have experienced it against Lithuania at the FIBA World Cup back on Sunday, but it did not cost the Americans any position in the tournament. In fact, it probably improved their draw, but the loss to Lithuania also acted as a free-focusing moment for a young team that had never experienced such adversity in major international games. Given a reprieve, Team USA came with more intent and force from the start in Tuesday's quarterfinal matchup, bouncing back at Mall of Asia Arena to host Italy 100-63 from the middle round. Just obviously pissed off from losing and don't want to have that feeling again, said U.S. guard Tyrese Halliburton, who had 18 points off the bench. They're not going to fear us. We got just to play our style of basketball. Team USA will get the winner of Germany and Latvia, who play Wednesday in the semifinals on Friday. But Tuesday's other quarterfinal brought other interesting news as Lithuania, which had proved to have a matchup advantage on the Americans, were eliminated as its recent hot shooting went cold against Serbia in a blowout. After having fallen behind by double figures in the first half in three of their five games in the tournament, American players and coaches emphasized the need to reverse that trend, and trend they did. Team USA sprinted out to a 10-point lead in the first quarter. After getting absolutely drilled on the boards over the past few games, the Americans doubled the Italians up over first 10 minutes to establish control, even with the center, Jaron Jackson Jr., getting an early foul trouble for a third consecutive game. The Americans stretched the lead behind Mikel Bridges, who has been perhaps Team USA's steadiest player during the tournament. Bridges, who has shown off the shot creation skills he has developed over the past two years, in addition to his spot-up shooting in the World Cup, scored 14 of his 24 points in the first half to propel Team USA to a 22-point halftime lead. And Bridges, doing this against Italy, has an interesting side story. Coming into the game was Paolo Banchero, who reversed his intention to play for the Italian national team this summer after a June invitation from Team USA changed his mind. Italian Basketball Federation President Gianni Petrucci later used the word betrayal when describing the way Banchero went about it. Banchero 
played well off the bench with 8 points and 3 rebounds in quality minutes. He also got to have a moment in the final seconds of the third quarter when Halliburton created the highlight when he went between his legs in midair and tossed it to Banchero for an alley-oop dunk. That left him skipping up the court in a freeing moment that essentially defined the game. That the Jamal Crawford thought of. So Banchero said of Halliburton's move, that's when I grew up watching in Seattle his shared hometown with Crawford. So it was awesome to be on the other end of it. As for Bridges, just how much was he feeling? He got an uncharacteristic technical foul in the third quarter for taunting the Italy bench at the drilling at three-pointer in front of them. It clearly threw him off his game as he made another three-pointer, his time celebrating to himself with a little head shake, then plucking a steal and drawing a foul on the next two possessions. Then, a moment later, when his teammate funneling the ball to the hot hand, he made another jumper while falling down. But here's the thing, though. Having bridges is a heat check, was just as unusual as a tech can be on a bingo card. He also had seven rebounds, two steals, and one block. Honestly, I was really locked in on rebounding, and that's kind of been my struggle, said Bridges, who ended Tuesday's contest averaging 9.8 points in the tournament. We're all confident no matter how many points we score. Everybody's their main guys on the NBA team. We're just ready for the moment. Bridges' offensively development was a major score in the NBA last season. It was a precipitating factor and Kevin Durant getting traded to the Phoenix Suns as Bridges became the key cog in the Brooklyn Nets makeover. That offensive development was helped significantly by someone Italian. National team assistant coach Ricardo Force, who was a player development coach with the Suns and helped turn Bridges into such an offensive threat. Force could only watch the star pupil cook his team as the U.S. turned Tuesday's game into a rout. In addition to clearly getting his team ready to play, Team USA coach Steve Kerr tossed a wrinkle at Italy with heavy use of a half-court trap that repeatedly disrupted the motion offense the Italians run. Italy made just seven of its first 34 shots, which put it in a hopeless hole. It was part of an overall energetic defensive effort from the U.S. team. That was way more characteristic of that team. That looked like the title favorite when it arrived in the Philippines just two weeks ago. Team USA also had its best three-point shooting game of the tournament, making 17. Italy was led by 18 points from Utah Jazz forward Simone Fontecchio. It's been a journey for this group, and there's five more days to go. That's how we look at it, Kerr said. We're the horse turning back to the barn. The horse starts picking up the pace when it senses it's near the barn. And that's what's happening right now. Our guys are sensing that it is the end of the journey. Unbelievable. Bounce back game for Team USA. Let's hope to see that they're going to keep the momentum going. Now we're on to our next story of the NBA offseason segment. And this is about Sacramento Kings signing a new center on a one-year deal. The Sacramento Kings have signed center Javal McGee. The team announced on Saturday. Terms of the deal were not announced, but sources told ESPN's Adrian Wojnarowski it is a one-year guaranteed minimum contract. 
McGee, 35, was waived by the Dallas Mavericks on Tuesday, about a year after he signed it as a free agent on a three-year contract. He started seven of the first nine games, but fell out of rotation about a month into the season and played sparingly the rest of the way. McGee averaged 4.4 points and 2.5 rebounds in his 42 games last season and has career averages of 7.8 points and 5.2 rebounds. A 15-year veteran, McGee is a three-time NBA champion, winning twice with the Golden State Warriors as a backup before starting 68 regular season games for the Los Angeles Lakers back in the 2019-2020 season. He didn't play in the NBA Finals when LA beat Miami in a playoff bubble, but here we are. And he has a contract. He proved his worth in getting that contract when no one really saw it. Following in rotation like he did last year at the second string. But now this is his time to show the Sacramento Kings franchise what he's all about. We'll be right back, folks, with NFL News. You don't want to miss it. Wishbone Fried Chicken is back in a brand new location. 31 Jackson Street, Suite A here in Noonan. Same great taste. The best chicken around. Fish dinners open Monday through Saturday, 10.30 a.m. to 4 p.m. Dine in, take out, it's Wishbone Fried Chicken right next door to their former location, bringing you the best chicken around. So great. Wishbone Fried Chicken, 31 Jackson Street, Sweet A, here in Noonan. Got mold? Call the mold man. Specializing in crawl space and interior mold remediation, encapsulations, and basement waterproofing since 2019. The Mold Man team takes pride in keeping your family healthy and your home mold free. Visit our website, themoldmanllc.com, to schedule a quote or give us a call at 678-227-9763. Hey sports fans, it's Rod Peterson here, host of The Rod Peterson Show, inviting you to join us daily for two hours of Atlanta's funnest sports talk right here on WQEE. I say fun because it is. You've never heard a show like it because we make the listeners a part of the show. Every day between noon and 2 p.m. Eastern, you'll hear plenty of the best sports talk, including the latest on the Falcons, the Braves, and more. And who knows, you might even hear you. That's the Rod Peterson Show, daily at noon, right here on WQEE 99.1 FM. Hey, sports fans. Weekdays, 3 p.m. Eastern to 5 p.m. Eastern. Drive time on WQEE. Braves Country is a southern sports talk show with Mac McGee and the Armchair Quarterbacks. That's Braves Country with Mac McGee and the Armchair Quarterbacks. Weekdays, 3 p.m. to 5 p.m. right here on WQEE 99.1 FM. Welcome back. You're listening to the Nightly Crowd Catcher with Corey Bank on WQEE 99.1, the key at Duna, Georgia. And now we're on to our NFL news segment. And our first story is about the Kansas City Chiefs tight end getting a injury at practice ahead of the week one opener. Next, all pro tight end Travis Kelsey hyperextended his knee at the Kansas City Chiefs practice on Tuesday, making his availability for Thursday night's season opener against the Detroit Lions uncertain. Coach Andy Reid said, the next guy steps in and we roll. Reid said when we asked how the game plan might change without Kelsey, it was going to make a difference. And wide receiver Sky Moore said 
He was running a route on the play when Kelsey was injured. He was limping when I saw him. Like just walking off the field, said Moore, who added that Kelsey left the practice field without any help. It was a good sign to see him get him up by himself. But here's the thing. Without him, he is your most dynamic tight end on this team. The Patrick Mahomes combination, Travis Kelsey, has been a tandem for sights to see for the last six or seven years. But as for the offense, this might look against the Lions. Without Kelsey, Moore said, it'll be a little bit different. But everybody will be able to fill in the gaps, obviously. That's a Hall of Fame tight end right there. But we'll be able to do our job and pull across the finish line. The Chiefs have two other tight ends on their active roster. Noah Gray and Blake Bell. Gray caught 28 passes with a touchdown last season. Bell missed most of the year with a hip flexor injury, but has 60 catches with one with one touchdown and each in his full eight NFL year seasons. But he's one of the toughest, and we can't wait for him to get back out there, Bell said of Kelsey. We're just going to keep doing what we do best, and the rest of the guys in the room will follow suit. The Chiefs also have two tight ends on their practice squad, and one, Matt Bushman, was the, with the Chiefs in training camp. Bushman said he received a few snaps with the starting group after Kelsey's injury, something that normally wouldn't happen if he wasn't going to play in the upcoming game. Reed also said Tuesday there has been no progress in talks with the holdout of defensive tackle Chris Jones, who is seeking a new contract. We're focused on the guys that are here getting ready to play the Lions, and that's where I'm at. If you're not there, you're just not there. That's the name of the game, Coach Reed said. The 33-year-old Kelsey, who has surpassed 1,000 yard receiving in seven consecutive seasons, has not missed a game to injury since his rookie season, folks. So that's a question of his durability. He has to be the most durable tight end to play the game in the last seven years. And the fact that he hasn't missed like a snap since a decade is unbelievable. When he underwent a microfracture procedure in his knee, he has only missed three games since 2014. Twice resting in final week of the 2017-22 seasons. He's missed five or six games his entire career, folks. The durability and the legacy of Travis Kelsey is just something that we have to keep on following. But respectively, he did miss a week 16 game and 21 because of COVID-19. But the point spread on Thursday night's game moved after Kelsey's injury. And that is exactly what Vegas was looking for. Not something that we would look for. But will the Kansas City Chiefs get the job done this week against the Detroit Lions? without their potent pass catcher of a tight end, and Travis Kelsey. That's what will remain to be seen, folks. Now we're on to our next story of the NFL news segment, and this is about the Miami Dolphins making a decision to name Mike White as their quarterback, too, over Skylar Thompson. The Dolphins named Mike White as their backup quarterback. Coach Mike McDaniel said on Monday, after a month-long competition between Skylar Thompson On four occasions last season, 
The Dolphins, who were forced to turn to a backup quarterback after the starter was knocked out of the game. They signed Mike White on a two-year, $8 million contract this offseason with a $4.5 million guaranteed to operate as the primary backup to Tua Tagovailoa. And he competed with the 2022 seventh-round pick, Thompson, throughout the summer for the job. Since becoming the Dolphins' starter during the 2020 season, Tagovailoa has yet to play a full season. Because of injuries, appearing in 13 games each of the past two years, last season, Tagovailoa was sidelined by two diagnosed concussions, but he bulked up his frame this offseason and took jiu-jitsu classes to prepare him better to protect himself when he falls to the ground. We learned the hard way that you need to be available and have the players on the roster in general, Coach McDaniel said. I thought Mike White and Skyler competed all the way until the last rep. To be able to understand our system in such a short period of time, Mike White did. And the command that he exuded in the huddle, relying on Mike White's veteran experience and really all the growth that he has made in the offseason, it made me pretty comfortable with that to name him my second quarterback. White made seven starts for the New York Jets for the past two seasons, completing 62.2% of the passes for 1,943 yards and seven touchdowns with 10 interceptions. He turned in explosive starts against the Cincinnati Bengals and Chicago Bears in 2021 and 2022, respectively, throwing for a combined 720 yards and six touchdowns against two interceptions. Thompson started three games as a rookie last season, including a playoff-clinching win over the Jets and the Dolphins, wildcard loss to the Buffalo Bills. The NFL introduced a new rule this season that allows for an emergency third quarterback if he is a member of the 53-man roster. McDaniel said all three quarterbacks are expected to be active throughout the year. It's a very close room, and Dolphins general manager Chris Greer said, the three of them get along extremely well. They support each other. They push each other. They communicate well with each other. I think that's a big part of it. I think Mike has done a good job operating the offense as well as Skyler. I think some of the familiarity with obviously Skyler House being there. This is the second year in the system, but Mike's done a night nice job coming in here as well and supporting Tua. So for us, we thought it was the right group to keep those three together. In the other roster moves, Miami signed wide receiver Robbie Chosen to its practice squad, releasing defensive end Randy Charlton. Chosen spent the offseason with the Dolphins after signing a one-year deal as a free agent, but was released during the final roster cuts last week. And now, we're on to our last story of the NFL offseason, preseason, end. So, in this story... We're going to talk about the New England Patriots placing their projected starter at right tackle on IR. The New England Patriots placed veteran offensive lineman Riley Reif, a projected starter on injured reserve on Monday. Reif, who had his right leg slash knee rolled up on the team's preseason finale August 25th, was a top candidate to be the team's number one right tackle, being placed on Injured reserve means Rife will miss at least the first four games of the season. Injuries, illness, and inconsistency, along with the offensive line, has been one of the top storylines of the Patriots camp, which led the team to keep an NFL high 11 offensive linemen on its initial 53-man roster. 
starting quarterback, Mac Jones, took some big hits in the team's second preseason game behind a patchwork line that has been buying time until starter guards Cole Strange, Mike Anueno, who have missed the majority of the training camp, returned to full health. Five-year veteran Calvin Anderson is a top option to replace Rife at right tackle, while recent trade acquisitions, Tyrone Wheatley Jr. and Vidarian Lowe, are among other possibilities. Right guard Onweno also had experience at right tackle. Anderson was activated off the non-football illness list last week, which, along with the trades for Wheatley and Lowe, led coach Bill Belichick to say, we gained three tackles there in one day, it seemed like, and it was good to get that done. The Patriots signed tight end Pharaoh Brown from the practice squad to fill Rife's spot on the 53-man roster. So, that's going to be a question mark for the New England Patriots. Will they find the right tackle for the first four weeks? That's what remains to be seen. Who will step up in that locker room? We'll be right back, folks. You don't want to miss it. We're going to go and talk about the world of the NCAA college football news segment next. How do you make the most of your land? Everyone has their way. The Nelsons depend on their John Deere Gator XUV 835R to get from point A to point B with decoys and the dogs. As much as we got going on, it's all about efficiency. And if you ask the Mosers what they use their Gator XUV 590M for, they tell you. The most fun we have on the Gator is just repping around the property. There are millions of ways to make the most of your land. Learn how to make the most of yours at Deer.com. Nothing runs like a deer. I'm pretty handy around the house, but now that I have kids, I don't want to spend my Saturday installing a toilet or fixing an air conditioner. But thankfully, there's HomeAdvisor. HomeAdvisor helps me find the best home pros in my area to handle any kind of project. You can read reviews of the pros, check their availability, and even book appointments online. And what my wife loves most is that HomeAdvisor is completely free to use. Go to HomeAdvisor.com or download the free app to get started. HomeAdvisor. I'm not going to lie. I know nothing about cars. And I don't really mind keeping it that way. This, it's cool. I called CarShield before my car broke down. Thanks to CarShield, I don't have to understand anything about what's broken. Because plans can pay for repairs on up to 6,000 parts of my car. Leave fixing cars to the experts and call CarShield before your car breaks down and maybe save some money for once. It's a thought. Call 800-579-6554. 800-579-6554. At Jersey Mike's, they slice your order fresh, right in front of you. And let me tell you, watching that can send a rush of emotions through a person. Excitement, impatience, baby-like wonder, indecisive, anticipatory chewing, nervous pacing, happy claps, and finally, jealousy. Because that's this guy's sub. I should order one. Good idea. Sliced right in front of you. It's a Jersey Mike's thing. A sub above. Welcome back. You're listening to the Nightly Crowd Catcher with Corey Bank on WQEE 99.1, the key to noon in Georgia. And now we're on to our NCAA college football news segment. And this is about the rising in the polls since last week and the week one wins. And who will benefit? Number 21, Duke, and number 22, Colorado. Moved into the Associated Press top 25 college football poll on Tuesday after scoring the biggest upsets of the opening weekend of the season. And number four, Florida State 
jumped into the top five after its resounding victory over LSU in week one's marquee matchup. Georgia remained number one with 58 first place votes and Michigan held steady at number two with its two first place votes. Number three, Alabama moved up a spot and Florida State climbed four places and received the remaining three first place votes votes after beating LSU 45-24. to The Seminoles are in the top five for the first time since the beginning of the 2017 season. Ohio State rounded out the top five in AP's first regular season poll of the season. LSU dropped nine spots to number 15. Clemson, which was upset at Duke, fell 16 places to number 25. TCU, which lost to Colorado, dropped all the way out of the rankings after being number 17 in the preseason poll. Colorado's victory as a three-touchdown underdog at TCU and Coach Deion Sanders' debut was the story of the weekend. And now the Buffaloes are ranked for the first time since a brief stay during the 2020 season. The Buffs were also ranked for two weeks in the 2018 season but have only finished a season in the top 25 once since 2016 in the past 20 seasons, folks. And now this is how we have it in our polls. We got number one, Georgia, number two, Michigan, three, Alabama, four, Florida State, five, Ohio State, six, USC, seven, Penn State, eight, Washington, nine, Tennessee, 10, Notre Dame, number 11 is Texas. Number 12 is Utah. 13 is Oregon. LSU is 14. 15 is Kansas State. 16 is Oregon State. Number 17 is North Carolina. 18 is Oklahoma. 19 is Wisconsin. Number 20 is Ole Miss. 21 is Duke. 22 is Colorado. Texas A&M at 23. Tulane at 24. And to round out the top 25 is Clemson. But Sanders, the former NFL star and Florida State All-American, took over a team that won 1-11 last season and did an unprecedented roster makeover with nearly 90 new players and 58 of them transfers. The new-look Buffs came away with a 45-42 win on the road against a program that played in a national title game last year, folks. Unbelievable. The rest of the top 10, like I said, with USC at number 6, Penn State, Washington, Tennessee, and Notre Dame. But Duke capped the long of its week with the long Labor Day weekend of college football by knocking off the Clemson team on Monday night in Durham, North Carolina. It was the Blue Devils' first victory against a team ranked in the top 10 since 1989. I can't make this up, folks. Unbelievable. Clemson, team ranked 7th. And year two under coach Mike Elko, perennial basketball powerhouse Duke is ranked for the first time in the AP College poll since a one-week stint in 2018. That season was also the last time Florida State made an appearance in the preseason top 25, but the Seminoles quickly faded that year, slipping into the worst stretch the program had seen since the 1970s. These Seminoles opened with the most impressive victory since coach Jimbo Fisher left for Texas A&M late in 2017. Coach Mike Norvell's team broke through last season, going 10-3 and finishing 11 in the country. But the victory all for LSU was the Seminoles' first against a team ranked 
the top five since October of 2014 at home when they did so against the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Having Florida State near the top of the AP poll is a familiar sight, just not as much recently. The last time FSU ranked this highly during the regular season was when they reached number two in September of 2016. The Seminoles had one of the greatest stretches in college football history under coach Bobby Bowden from the late 1980s into the early 2000s. That included a record 14 straight seasons finishing in the top five and two national titles in that time frame. The Seminoles won three consecutive seasons from 2019 to 2021, never being ranked. The longest streak of futility for the program since the mid-1970s before turning it around in 2022. Florida State's top five ranking was its 240th since 1980, second only to Alabama with 281. Now we're on to our last story of the NCAA college football news segment. And this is about the Ohio State Buckeyes not having a decision just yet about who will be their starting quarterback of the future. Ohio State coach Ryan Day remains steadfast in the approach that quarterback Kyle McCord will start against the Youngstown State, but Devin Brown will play for the Buckeyes on Saturday as well. Neither quarterback emerged from a postseason competition as the clear-cut winner, but McCord was named starter against Indiana, and it was made clear Brown would also get playing time throughout the game. McCord won 20 of 33 for 239 with no touchdowns, interception, and that 23-3 victory last week against the Hoosiers. Brown threw the ball only three times, completing one pass for negative two yards. I'm trying not to draw too many hard lines here, but right now, I do think McCord should be the starter, statistically, as we speak. But our goal here is to really find out who is the best quarterback in this room and who is going to lead them to victory. We saw some really interesting things in last week's game, but we'll see. But Day said part of the reason Brown took a few snaps as he did, he had to do, had to do with the opportunities. Having only 11 drives throughout the game, he'd like to continue to get more reps for Brown to get a better evaluation on the quarterback in real time. How is he going to respond when you have uh, and engage eight guys in the box of backers and linemen trying to come at you and sacking you. How are you going to do this when your offensive line needs to be able to open up holes and give you time and make the methodical throws inside the pocket? These are the questions that they're going to have to ask and see how is Devin Brown going to respond at this point in time. But I have liked to get Devin Brown in the game, but I mentioned I wanted to do what was best to win the game at the time. And that was a part of a gut check decision by Coach Day and trying to figure out the rhythm and how this is going to happen. But Day said he would love to be at the point where he could say the court is a starter and Brown won't play. But we're not just there yet. And they're going to have to feel it out in incoming weeks. And Coach Day claims he doesn't have a crystal ball and can't make this decision without seeing the results. And... That's what they're going to have to figure out. Will Ohio State have McCord as their starting quarterback? Will Brown flourish in his outcome and his playtime? That's what remains to be seen, folks. But we'll be right back with music news. You don't want to miss it. <laughs> 
The Baxters have a new first book. From number one New York Times bestselling novelist Karen Kingsbury, author of life-changing fiction, comes The Baxters, a prequel. The heart-pounding story of Carrie Baxter's wedding. Amidst family tension and the worst storm Bloomington, Indiana has seen in a decade. The Baxters, by America's favorite inspirational storyteller, Karen Kingsbury. Visit KarenKingsbury.com for more information. The Baxters, available now wherever books are sold. I'm pretty handy around the house but now that i have kids i don't want to spend my saturday installing a toilet or fixing an air conditioner but thankfully there's home advisor home advisor helps me find the best home pros in my area to handle any kind of project you can read reviews of the pros check their availability even book appointments online and what my wife loves most is that home advisor is completely free to use go to homeadvisor.com or download the free app to get started home advisor Wake up and text. Text and eat. Mm-mm. Text and catch the bus. Text and miss your stop. Wait, 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 wait. Text and be late to work. Sorry, I'm late. Text and work. Text and pretend to work. Text and act surprised when someone calls you out for not working. <clears throat> Who, me? Text and meet up with a friend you haven't seen in forever. Hi. Oh, hey. Text and complain that they're on their phone the whole time. Text and listen to them complain that you're on your phone the whole time. Text and whatever. But when you get behind the wheel, give your phone to a passenger. Put it in the glove box. Just don't text and drive. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A public service announcement brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Are you an unsigned artist that's looking to take the next step in your career? Look no further. Your time is now. Joint Empire Troop has come to your rescue. Owners Casey Case and Cameron Winokur are ready to make your musical dreams come true. Whether you're looking to record your next track, compose your next project, or need help with mixing and mastering your existing music, we will always be here for you in your time of need. For more information, go to www.joinempiretroop.com. Welcome back. You're listening to the Nightly Crowcatcher with Corey Bank on WQEE 99.1, the key attitude in Georgia. And now we're going to have a special segment, an interview coming up next. You don't want to miss it. We got to thank our sponsors tonight. This interview segment wouldn't have been possible without them. Intracoastal Entertainment, FlexCon Photography. Snowy Rooftop, and Stew Sauce. Ladies and gentlemen, whenever he holds the mic, it always seems to be hot. Rapping out of Broward County, Florida, he is influenced by the Northeast. This lyricist is the definition of a punchline heavyweight. His flow is so explosive, when he holds the mic, it's about to detonate. The master of danger himself, Leo Mike. Hey, what's going on, everybody? It's Leo Mike, your favorite South Florida recording artist. I got a new single coming out, Mic Check, on Spotify, YouTube, SoundCloud, Apple Music, and wherever you stream music, make sure you check it out. Follow me on Instagram at LeoMike underscore official. That's LeoMike underscore official on Facebook and TikTok. I'm LeoMike13. You heard it here first from your man truly, Leo Mike, your favorite punchline rapper. You're listening to the Nightly Crowd Catcher with Corey Bank on WQEE 99.1 The Key Newton, Georgia. And tonight, we got a special guest. We got a winner 
from our showcase out in Fort Lauderdale, Leo Mike. Hey, what's going on, Corey? Thank you so much. Thank you for coming on the show today. So, Leo Mike, tell us a little bit about you. Shoot, man, where do I start? Um, born and raised in Broward County, Florida, you know, 954. That's uh that's where that's that's where I put my work in, man. That's where I do my writing. I work with a number of producers out out there, and um, I'm just here trying to make it happen in this music business. That's amazing to hear, man. So, what made you get into this industry? Shoot, uh, I guess I got into it, man, cause um, the desire to express myself. You know what I mean? Uh, I've, I've I've listened to a, a variety of rappers and a variety of music throughout my life, and I've always expressed myself through through like writing and and such. So once I got out there and started started rocking it, I saw I could rock a crowd and a, a crowd rock with me. I was like, hey man, I might be I might be good at this and it might be worth uh putting the gas on it. That's truly amazing to hear. So who inspired you to get into this business? Who inspired me? Um I mean I have to start with my music taste. You know, uh one, my father has such a diverse uh music taste, man. He would listen to anything from rock and roll to country to dance to dance hall techno. So I was always listening to a lot of different sounds. And then when I got introduced to hip hop, the first track I ever heard was Montel Jordan, This Is How We Do It. And when I heard that, I just fell in love. And um, I've been writing ever since. And like I said, once I saw that I could rock a crowd, I was like, this might be something, this is where I belong, you know? I belong doing this. So tell us, when you make music, typically, what is your creative process? And what, how do you vision yourself as an artist? Okay, okay. I mean, most of the time, it's improv. I do a lot of freestyling, man. I got lines and rhythms and rhyme schemes working in my head 24-7 all the time. So uh, like the track, the track Mic Check, I, that was act, that started as a freestyle. I was walking to work and I was banging it in my headphones and then I got that chorus, Mic Check, one, two, yo, one, two. And I just knew like right there that that was, it was going to be something. It was going to be a hit. Um, so a lot of it's freestyled, but um, when there's a serious project, like what I'm working on with my man DJ Savvy, uh, I got an assortment of six beats, and with these I want them to be crisp, no flaws or nothing, so I really take my time and I write, and I write a couple verses to, uh, to see which one might fit the best. So tell me, if you had any artist out there in the world, who would you collaborate with? Oh, shoot, man, we talking, we talking living, or, living or dead? Anything. All right, Matt, I'll name a few. I'll name a few. So people that already established me. I love to work with, with Nas, right? That'd be cool, man. Wu-Tang, uh, Buster Rhymes, a lot of these old heads. Uh, if Big Pun was alive, I'd work with Big Pun. But you know what? It's all good because his son, Chris Rivers, is phenomenal. It's phenomenal. He carries that Big Pun legacy, and that's somebody I would love to work with. Joey Badass, just to name a few. Just these guys that I feel are on um that that lyrical level and that headbanging hip-hop, like, nod your head effect. So you consider yourself as a lyricist with those Northeastern roots and back into the 90s. We heard it with your new track, Mic Check. So tell us a little bit about that project and what inspired you to create those bars. My, my style's been created and cultivated from listening to a lot of, you know, New York East Coast hip-hop. And that's just, well, every time I sit down to write, I just try and write and come up with vivid language and be illustrative with my words so I could paint you a picture. And that's what those those bars are are inspired by. Cause the mic's too hot, you can't touch it. My bars are that 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 flaming. That that flaming, man. Exactly. So in terms of a message that you're trying to give across to your fans, tell me a little bit about that. What is your purpose? Shoot, one, one what one and foremost, take action. 
take action. When you got that feeling inside you that you feel in your chest on something, whatever it may be, the only thing that's gonna remedy or, or make or make that feel satisfactory is taking action. That so that that's the number one thing. And after that, just what message, man? Just chill out, listen to my music. If you like it, we ride. And if not, it's all good. I'm sure I got something for you in the vault. What's the best advice you've been given? And for any new artists coming up in the game, what would you give them? Okay, yeah, best word of advice, I'll tell you. Um, this one gentleman that I that I go to this open mic at the spot, Hullabaloo, his name's Matt Brown. He runs this band, Soul Fan, with Trey Dark, Matt Stewart, and Rodney. Phenomenal. I had the pleasure of interviewing Matt Brown. And um, he told me that same thing, man. The best thing that you can do is get up and get to work. It's just So just take action, just to bring it right back to that. Just taking action is the best thing that you can do, especially when you feel that in you and you got the the inspiration to do it. You need to get up, get up and, and, and get started. I absolutely love that message. But for Leo Mike, what's next for you and your career? What kind of moves are you going to make? Oh, man, I'm, I'm trying to make a move into uh, into merchandising. You know what I'm saying? Get, get in and getting some uh, merch out there, whether it be shirts, like quotables. You know, I can make like quotable bumper stickers. I got some cool stuff that I say, you know, and... Outside of that, just keep this momentum and consistency rolling, man. Uh, I got a, a number of projects that that uh, I have working on with a number of producers. And um, I got Audio Theft out, which is on Spotify, everywhere streaming. Um, Audio Theft 2 is going to be dropping at the end of this year. So that's what's coming up. That's what's coming up, Corey. So thank you for coming on, Leo Mike. Tell us all where to find you on all your social media platforms. Yeah, man, social media. You can find me on Instagram at LeoMike underscore official. That's LeoMike underscore official. And on TikTok and Facebook, it's LeoMike13. Like I said, I got audio theft out. Check it out, man. Leave some feedback. You know, you got more fire stuff coming. And that's what I'm here to do. Here to just let, you know, show everybody my greatness and then work and collab and learn as much as I can as I move forward. Because I'm just so grateful for everything that's been going on. Leo Mike, thank you for coming on the Nightly Crowdcatcher with Corey Bank on WQEE 99.1, the key at noon in Georgia. Are you interested in branding your company while also supporting your local community? Look no further than Intracoastal Entertainment. They specialize in local community-driven events, bringing your business to eager consumer leaders and want to be the difference makers in the lives of their neighbors. So give Lucas Dottier owner of Intercoastal Entertainment and his team a call today at 954-449-5625. Again, it's 954-449-5625 or follow them on Instagram at Intercoastal Entertainment to book your next event today. Intercoastal Entertainment, the new wave of entertainment serving your community. FlexCon Photos, they offer the best rates for the best valued experience in town. So give Felix and his team a call today to book your next special occasion at 954-999-7546. Again, it's 954-999-7546. Snowy Rooftops is a fashion designer and hip hop artist. They are your go-to for all your designer needs. So give them a call today at 305-316-8013. Again, it's 305 305- 316-8013. Stu Sauce is a musician, event host, and MC. So give him a call today for your next event. 754-204-1329. Again, it's 754-204-1329. Are you 
an unsigned artist that's looking to take the next step in your career? Look no further. Your time is now. Joint Empire Troop has come to your rescue. Owners Casey Case and Cameron Winokur are ready to make your musical dreams come true. Whether you're looking to record your next track, compose your next project, or need help with mixing and mastering your existing music, we will always be here for you in your time of need. For more information, go to www.joinempiretroop.com. We gotta thank our sponsors tonight. This interview segment wouldn't have been possible without them. Intracoastal Entertainment, FlexCon Photography, Snowy Rooftop, and Stu Sauce. Listen to Leo Mike, your favorite punchline rapper.